sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. One of the most powerful stories in the Gospels is the journey on the road to Emmaus. Two disciples walking to a village near Jerusalem on the day Jesus rises from the dead. And they're joined by Jesus, although they don't recognize him. But why is this story so significant? And what does it have for us today as modern day disciples of Jesus Christ? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today, today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. And the address is going to be told to us by my lovely co host today, Renee Kranz. He's just seeing if I'm paying attention. What? It is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. That was very well said. Not, I, you I thought I wasn't red, paying but, attention. Uh, I was just—I may have done that recently with the other our co-host Robin oh. Brugman. So I'm just just testing to see. Uh, yes, please feel free to reach out to us if you have questions about today's episode again or ideas for future ones. So, Renee. Wow, that's the first time that's happened. The first time, yeah, yeah, never happened before. <laughs> I, I want to. I was thinking about um, what to we, we could talk about for today's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing I like to do on occasion, we don't do it all the time. One, one thing I like to do is um, take take a, a bit of a longer passage in scripture, one that really strikes me for whatever reason, um, and unpack it. Now, here's the thing. I want to, uh, a couple of prefatory remarks. Okay. Um, <laughs> all of scripture is inspired by God, right? right? Uh, and therefore, even the um, most "quote unquote" humdrum, cue lightning strike uh, <laughs> passage of scripture. What would be humdrum, Doctor Bergwald? <laughs> right. Uh, even even the most seemingly humdrum and boring passage of scripture is still the the word of God, right. and therefore it is it has power, real power to tra- change my life. Uh, it doesn't always those "quote unquote" humdrum passages. That's that's on me, not on him. Right. 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 Um, so I I, I, I acknowledge I want want to acknowledge that just because we we have all of us have our favorite scripture stories, yeah, if you will. Yeah. That's not saying that objectively this is like the best right. story in some because all of scripture is inspired. Right. Um, we've talked the one that I was going to talk about is uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman in John chapter four. I, when when you said we all have our favorite script pa- scripture passages, that was the, like the one my mind went to. So. For you or for me? For me. For you. Yeah. So we talked about that last April yeah. um, of 22. So I'm like, well, that's only, that's been less than two years ago. We, we, it's a little soon, too soon. Can't go there yet. Can't go there yet. Um, we have talked about the road to a maze in the context of other topics, mm-hmm. which I'll refer to uh, in a little bit, but we've never talked about the road to Emmaus um, in its own context for its own sake. Right, right. So uh, what I want to do, what we're going to do is I want to start by, so it's, it's a bit of a longer passage, it's 22 verses. This is Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 13 through 35. I'm gonna, in a minute here, I'm going to have you read it. I want to start by, again, setting the stage. Uh, another prefatory remark, I guess. Um I'm going to have, it's a long passage. I, I, I Before we started recording, I asked you to read all of this. Um, I want 
So for you listening, for those of you listening or watching, I want you to hear the whole story, the whole story before we dive in and con, uh, comment on it. So the context, though, before Renee reads it, as I, as I mentioned in the open, this is during, uh, it's the first day of of Jesus' resurrection. It's Easter Sunday, the first Easter Sunday. It's the Sunday after Jesus died on the cross. Um, he's already, uh, looking back at the beginning of chapter 24, uh, I don't know, sorry, this, okay, uh, the women have gone to the tomb, um, and they have found, let's see, I'm confusing Luke with some of the other gospel readings. Okay, while they were perplexed by this, behold, two men stood by them desolate. So there have been angels that appear, they give the message, but nobody, in, in Luke's telling of the day of resurrection, nobody has yet seen Jesus, uh, and that gets us to Verse 13. Okay. I'm just going to pretend I'm in church and I'm reading this. Okay, that sounds good. At Mass and I'm reading this long reading. There we go. Okay. Now that very day, two of them were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the th- of the things that have taken place here in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described but they did not see, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophet spoke. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on further. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So after this, uh, Jesus appears to them, says, Peace be with you. They're startled and frightened and... There's other cool things that happen, which you can read on your own. Right. Uh, but I want to focus on this this road to a mass journey. Uh, so, Renee, you've heard the story more than yes. once, I think. Yes. So, when you read it, is there anything in particular that 
you notice or that strikes you? Well, the thing that I always notice now that I didn't notice probably, if you'd asked me this 20 years ago, I would say I didn't notice it, was the moment that Jesus disappears and where he goes. What? Say more about that. What That he goes into the bread. Got it. Right. Say more about that. Because that he has... So it's it's the... To me, it's like, and I'm probably not saying this right because I'm not a theologian, but he's, it's like this signal to us that he is the bread. Right. So he's putting himself there because he can do whatever he wants. Because he can do it. <laughs> it's that whole God thing. Yeah. So um, it's long been observed that we see in the road to a mess sort of the structure of the mess. You right. and I um, are, have this long series that we're doing on the mess. It's a journey. It's a journey. Just like uh, the road to Emmaus <laughs> was a journey. Um, it, we see the structure of the mess because Jesus opens to them the word, mm-hmm. and then he reveals himself himself to them in the breaking of the bread. As the last verse says, he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Um and before that, they had said, we're not our hearts burning within us. Well, he talked to us on the road. Well, he opened us to the scriptures. So we got scripture, the liturgy of the word, and then we have um, Jesus disappearing when he breaks the bread, mm-hmm. the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So even in the the structure, we do get this. So it's, it's not even just in the breaking of the bread. Right. It's in the whole account. Right. What are you looking at? You're well, looking... I even was thinking um, at the beginning of Mass, we have the uh, penitential rite. Right. Is that sort of happening when he kind of scolds them <laughs> with how foolish you are? I mean, in uh, a way, you know, in a way. how slow of heart to believe all the things. Right. I mean, that's really the kind of pointing out that. Hey. Hey, you got some things you need to think about. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the only reason why I'm like, eh, is because right. that's what he's doing. They're not really, you know, expressing right. but their... He, but maybe he's even just laying the groundwork, groundwork for there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Uh, is there anything else that you... I mean, when you're reading it, I realize it's hard to like... You're paying attention to the word, but you don't have time to like yeah. ponder while you're reading right. it as you did so well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. Um, I mean, nothing like super stands out to me, but I, I suppose the um, invitation from the disciples to come and stay, stay oh, yeah. Yeah. and his acceptance of the invitation, um, like we have to ask God to stay, right? quote unquote stay, right? and he will. Yep. If we don't ask him, he's right. not going to force himself yes. on us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really good. So... right. Right. To always be inviting. Um, There's a little tangent here. This reminds me um, years. This is like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting old. When I can say like 25 years ago or so, that means that's it. <laughs> yeah, you're getting old. Uh, getting old. Um, I remember reading uh, a book by Peter Kreeft, who's mm-hmm. the uh, a Catholic philosopher, author of dozens yes. of books. Yes. Um, and uh, even though I think we, we think, hear philosopher and we think like abstract and abstract, very much a accessible very accessible philosopher very very accessible philosopher um he in i think it's in the handbook of christian or catholic apologetics he's got something on the skeptics prayer oh yeah you know what I'm talking I'm about? I'm familiar with it. I, I can't recall it, but I, I but, know So I've you don't know, it. but what's the gist of, what's the idea of it? Not, not I don't like, know if I remember what the, I mean, I remember hearing about it and I okay. know you have, I know I've heard you talk, talk about, about it before. before but. So it's it's the basic idea that um, 
if your if your faith is such that it's it's very partial or incomplete, you're just like I, I don't even know if there really is a God. Right. In fact, I kind of doubt that there is a God, but I'm open to the possibility. If you're open to that possibility, so there might be a God, and therefore we can t- talk to Him mm-hmm. to just do that. Okay, Lord, and maybe not position. Okay, God, or however I'm supposed to address you. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you exist, but I'm open to the possibility. Uh, and I, if there's any way you can help me become mm-hmm. more aware of your existence or your presence with me or whatever you would say that. Right. You. Because you, <laughs> that's the, you're making that invitation. That invitation. Yeah. Right. Because he will not, he, he, he does knock lightly. The fact, frankly, the frank people who are in a position where they're open to praying that prayer and they've been um, thousands. Right. Hundreds of thousands, probably millions of those people throughout history, is itself that's his knocking. The right. fact you may not, you don't realize it's his knocking, but that is his gentle knock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he asks us, or so so he does that, and that he he is waiting for us to open the door. You've probably seen that painting, uh, kind of a famous painting of Jesus standing at a door, and there's no. No doorknob. Door knob. On the outside, yeah. Door knob. No doorknob. Yeah, because why? What's the deal there? Because it can only be opened from the inside. Yeah, it's your, it's you. That door is you, your heart. It can only be opened from the inside. Uh, He is not going to barge. Right. Not. He's not going to force his way in. Barge the door down? I want to say barge. That's not a word. Kick the door in? He's not going to barge in. He's not going to barge in. He's not going to barge in. We're recording in the morning. This, this is what happens when it's our heart. in the morning. Uh, so there's, it's, so that, maybe if you're listening to this and your faith is wavering, maybe you're born raised Catholic, maybe you go on, a, on occasion, and, and you're wondering, um, express that wonderment to God. Express right. those questions. Express those doubts to him. I think sometimes we feel like it's uh, inappropriate or impious or right. somehow, you know, it's, oh, it's just, okay. He knows already. Yeah. He already knows. He knows you're already. <laughs> you're not hiding it from him by not telling him. Right. He, there's the omniscience thing. Yeah. Um, so tell him, yeah. tell him and, and, and ask him to reveal himself. And usually again, the, just like the gentle knock, it's just a gentle entering. And sometimes once you open the door down, he comes in and he's ready to go, <laughs> but that's not, that's not, there's nothing to be afraid of right. is the point. There. Right. So I, I I love that you I, I don't know that I've thought of that part of it before. So again, the depth of the You're riches asking me of on the, the fly, word of God. So. And that was great. I know. <laughs> so there's a couple other details though that I want to get to, but we'll do that in just a minute. If you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Renee Kranz about Luke chapter twenty four, verses thirteen through thirty five which we read about two disciples walking on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. So a couple other, uh, some other details. Um, I remember listening to a talk years ago by Bishop Barron, uh, where he made the point that these two disciples are going the wrong way. They're going the wrong way because they're leaving Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city especially the way that Luke tells the story of Jesus. He structures the elements of Jesus's life where Jerusalem really is the, the narrative focus. Okay. Uh, if you read in his public ministry, it's all Jesus's sort of 
always journeying towards Jerusalem. Sure, okay. And now, two days after Jesus dies on the cross, we have these two disciples who are going the wrong way. They're leaving Jerusalem. They're supposed to leave Jerusalem. They're supposed to stay in Jerusalem. Right. Um, and they're doing it at the wrong time of day. Uh, and I can't, may have, it may have been Bishop Barron who made this point as well. Um, may have heard it from somewhere else. But w- w- do you know what that means? I don't know if we've talked about this before, Renee. When I say that they're going the wrong way at the wrong time of day, why is, why is it the wrong time of day? Well, uh, all I know is at that time in the world, you usually wouldn't want to walk at night. But I don't think it was at night. It wasn't yet, but it it is getting towards afternoon. Right. And maybe they would have gotten to a Probably because it's hot. Well, it's hot. It's hot. But why don't you want to walk at journey at night? Uh, Because it's dangerous, and that's when robbers come and do bad things. (laughs) Your possessions and maybe your life are at risk when you journey. There's no no street lights and that sort of thing. (laughs) No police patrolling. Exactly. Nothing. nothing. So they're going the wrong way at the wrong time of day. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Now, who are they? This is a bit more Mm -hmm. of a, but you're nodding. You've heard the the theory. So we we read. um, It does not. It does not specify. It names one of them. Right. But it, it. Yes. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor? Da, da, da. That's verse uh, 18. Yeah, verse 18. Cleopas um, is one of them. And in, in him, with him being named, we get a hint at the possible identity of the other disciple. Do you have okay. any idea what I'm talking about? No. Where else do we see the name Cleopas? Isn't there a husband and wife together? That's close. So John's gospel at the crucifixion, the wife of Clopas, yes, okay, is present. Mary, the I think it's Mary. I think so. The wife I of Clopas. They're all Mary. They're, they're, all, they're, just, they're all, <laughs> all the women are Miriam. Um, so there's a good chance we don't know definitively. There's a good chance that it's Cleopas and his wife. Mary or whatever her right. name was. Right. Um, you know, it's not definitive. I mean, verse 25, my translation says, Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Uh, people, well, it says foolish men. Well, that's just how we render the Greek into English. It could have been, oh, foolish people. Mm-hmm. It would be another way to say that. It, that. That is not definitive that these are two guys. Right, right. Um, so it's possible it was a married couple, but right. we don't know that for sure. Right. Ellen, in my translation, it's, oh, how foolish you are. Right. Exactly. So, so that renders the uh, the ambiguity of right. the um, sexual identity of these two right. more clearly. Right. It seems like it certainly could be a married couple. Yeah. Like, there's no reason it couldn't be. Right. I mean, w- w- where if... if it's it's not like husbands and wives did literally everything together. Right. But if Cleopas is leaving Jerusalem... Right. Where's his wife? Right. Um, possibly not with him, but there's a good chance she is right. journeying with him. Yeah. Okay. So they're going the wrong way at the wrong time of day. And the reason I highlighted that this potential couple, at least these, the, these this pair of disciples, um, because Jesus comes alongside them. And we know, we, we, as we read it, we know that they don't realize it's him initially. But I, I want to emphasize and... So Jesus does the same thing with you and I. Um, big ways, um, me more dramatically than you, but you've you got, you've got your own story of your own journey. Uh, I, I there was a couple of years where I just didn't go to mass mm-hmm. in college, uh, and it's not like I it's not like I stopped sinning after that either. I still <laughs> I still can get off course from time to time. 
And the Lord is always journeying with me, even though I'm going the wrong way. Now, he doesn't want me to keep going the wrong way. Right. Uh, and sometimes- He isn't just like, way to go, yeah, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Keep going this way. No, no that's no, not no, no, how he no, works. No, exactly. <laughs> and he's not just like, um, Archbishop Cardinal Dolan uh, once said- Wait, uh, Archbishop Cardinal I know, I know, Dolan? I've realized what he did. Well, he is an archbishop and a cardinal. It's true. He's both? Well, Yeah. Yeah. You're one or another. The other, no, right? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Not Never mind. That, that's... No, his time, he's referred to as Cardinal Dolan. Okay. But he is a cardinal who is an archbishop. Okay. Uh, that's a... <laughs> you confused me there uh, for a second. There's not... Accompaniment is not about... Uh, when we're accompanying others, it's not aimless wandering in the dark. Right. We're, when we're accompanying others, we want them to, to draw closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it might be that at that particular point in their own life, they're going the wrong way too. And just as Jesus accompanied these two, he accompanies you and I when we're going the wrong way. So does he desire that we, I mean, within reason, accompany other people. We, we, that doesn't mean that if they're engaging in sinful behavior, doesn't mean that we're participating with right, them. Right. Uh, but to the extent that we're able to, 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 to quote unquote, accompany them, to be with them, mm-hmm. even if they are spiritually going the wrong way. Right, right. So I think that's a, that's a I, I, I point that out. I think it's really important because I think some, well, okay. This next thing gets into the next thing. What's the first thing that Jesus does with regard to these two people? Right I feel like you and I have talked about this before, so you're probably going to get this right faster than it. I'd really like you to get it wrong a few times, but you might not. So He drew near and walked with them. I'm just reading. I'm just looking at the passage. So, <laughs> so people will be like, "Well, he 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 listened to them. Well, he did, but that's the first thing. Well, he walked with them. He did, but that's the first thing. The first thing, uh, yeah, you just read it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he draws near to them. Yeah. So, don't just brush over that. He approaches them. Mm-hmm. He draws near to them. He doesn't stand afar off. Hey, you guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going? What's going on? You want to chat a little bit? I want to talk. What's going Hey. He draws near to them, mm-hmm. even though they're going the wrong way. There are people in our lives, almost every one of us, uh, have people in our lives who are going the wrong mm-hmm. way at the wrong time of day. Um, and the in our accompaniment of them, it's not enough for us to recognize that and, all right, well, I got to do something. And kind of talk to them from afar. Right. We have to draw near to them. Mm-hmm. Just as just again, not accompanying them if 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 they're if they're um, engaged in sinful activity behavior. Uh, I'm not saying that we um, participate in that with right. them, but still, there's a way where you can relationally walk with people mm-hmm. even though they're doing bad. Th- you, you maintain the relationship. Yeah. And I'm here. I mean, um, I think that's. To, to draw near to people. And then what you see, it's Jesus, um, when I'm talking about this passage, I, I, I like to point out the fact that he's the son of a carpenter. I mean, Jesus' trade before he began his public ministry probably was carpentry right. um, or craftsman, mm-hmm. just like Joseph, his earthly father. Um, so we Jesus sort of has a toolbox full of accompaniment tools. <laughs> and he he's an expert at using every one of them. And we see him use all sorts of tools to accompany these two disciples. Okay. So he, you ident- already identify, you put the first two together. He, dr- he draws near to them and walks with them. Mm-hmm. Then what does he do? Um, he asks them a question. Before that, 
Uh, it might be implicit. Uh, I don't know. He listens to them. Okay. Right. He's walking with them. Yeah. What Doesn't are you talking about? ask him a question first and then listen? No. No? He, what are you talking about? Which implies. Oh, I suppose, yes. Okay. Which implies right. he's heard them talking. Right. Um, he's a, they're, they're aware that of some, hold on one second. <laughs> Dr. Bergwald's phone is going phone. off. <laughs> like, what is that noise? Is there a fire alarm? No. Um, he draws near to them. He walks with them and he listens to them. I used to get really annoyed. Frankly, I still can get really annoyed when people talk about, we have to be a listening church. Like, no, we have the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to proclaim. Yes. Well, both are true. Yeah. Uh, because in order for me to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in a fruitful way, I have to know where they're at. Right. And the only way for, to know where they're at is by listening right. to them. Right. So we do have to listen to them. Um, we listen to them. Uh, and then as Jesus, we can ask them. So what, the next thing he does is he asks questions. Right. Then what does he do? Then he listens. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. And then what does he do? Um, I don't, without looking, I know, I don't know. He challenged, he, he upbraids oh, yeah, them, yeah, he rebukes right. them. You he fools. Does. Yeah. Oh, foolish men. Or what does your translation say again? Uh, oh, how foolish you are. Oh, how fo- yeah, he calls them fools. So some of us like, yeah, some of us, I think like to like, we're confrontational and we want to give people a business. <laughs> Other people are somewhat anti-confrontational. Um, this is done in love, but it's fraternal correction, which is one of the spiritual works of mercy. Sometimes we are called to challenge people, to rebuke people out of love, mm-hmm. not just because we want to give them the business and slap them upside the head. <laughs> Sometimes we're called to do that. Am I ready to do that? Right. With my kids, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not further than that. But there's a uh, way, I mean, it doesn't have to be a matter of calling, but there's a way to gently, lovingly rebuke somebody. Yeah. And sometimes we have to do that. Yeah. Um, he rebukes and, them. Because, and that's different from judgment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you do have well, to make I mean, a judgment on the action. It, it's it's but... not a judge. Well, there is a judgment that's being made there. We're, we don't know the state of their heart. Right, um, right. But there's a judgment that's being yeah. made, right. Um, and just real quickly then, he opens them to, uh, the, the word of God to them, the scripture to them. He reveals himself to them in the breaking of the bread. He prompts their conversion, and then he prompts their return to the apostles, that mm-hmm. is, to the church um, in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So there's like, if you count them, and some people will find other things in there too, but there's like nine, 10, maybe a dozen different ways right. that Jesus accompanies people on the road to right. Emmaus. Right. Uh, I love this as a paradigm for just relational evangelization. Yeah. yeah. This is your missionary discipleship toolbox. It, right exactly. Here. It's your, yes. Yeah. This is your missionary discipleship toolbox. That That's what I would title this episode of Ignition <laughs> if you didn't tell me that it has to be, you know, a little le- less, it has to be more boring. That one might be okay. okay we'll more see. boring. We'll more searchable. We'll I know, more searchable. <laughs> so I, I love this story, Renee, for the, exactly that reason. Yeah. It's it's a missionary uh, missionary discipleship toolbox in action. Yeah. We see Jesus showing us how to walk with other people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Renee. You bet. Folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at SF Catholic, with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.